This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. You know, you praise Jesus and the Holy Ghost shows up, you know. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of navigate that whole deal because, you know, you have, what is the purpose? <laughs> we can be here and we can praise the Lord and we'd be blessed. Hallelujah. But on Wednesday nights, you know, the, the main thing we do is to teach the word. Hallelujah. And the entrance of the word gives light. Glory be to God. And then we grow and we learn more. And then we access his presence more easily, don't we? Hallelujah. You know, we can do that at home, you know, in our house, in the mornings, Monday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, you can just enter the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Even before coffee. It's possible. Praise the Lord. You might not, not at my house. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Are you happy to be in church tonight? I'm happy you're here. You know, we, we have, I saw some flurries on the way here. And Rachel's like, I mean, I got almost snowed in on the way home the other day. So <clears throat> I'm good. Well, we live in Iowa. And so, you know, what do you expect? It's March and the pastor's rejoicing because spring is coming. <laughs> and I am so happy about that. Praise the Lord. I can't tell you how glad I am that uh, winter is over. Hallelujah. I'm like a, one of those birds, you know, that you see coming, you know, in the springtime. It's like, finally. It's like thawed out a little bit, you know. And, you, <laughs> and I'm, uh, you know, anyhow, I'll chirp. I chirp a little bit more when it gets warmer. How about that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You ready to hear from heaven tonight? I am ready to, to share uh, a good word with you tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, repeat some of the stuff that I talked about, you know, in, in a couple of weeks ago when I talked about our words really that important. We talked about the power of our words, and I'm going to rehash some of that because, you know, uh, we learn by repetition. You know, it's, it's not enough just to hear it once. We have to hear it again and again. And, you know, if I just stay on course with preaching the word, the Holy Ghost will take care of the revelation department. You know, and so he can bring out more light to you now than, than he did last time. And he will if you let him and if you'll expect him to do so. Praise the Lord. So let's just pray and then let's just get into our, uh, into our word here. Father, we love you so much. And Father, it is with, with great anticipation, Father, that we look into the perfect law of liberty, Father God, because we know that the word, Father, it gives light and understanding. It helps us, Father God, to see more, Father, what you have done for us, Father, how we can live a victorious life, Father, through faith, how we can apply your word, Father, and see your word work mightily on our behalf. So, Father, we ask you for help tonight to understand, to see you are the one who gives revelation, Father God. So we ask ask you to give it to us, Father, as we get into the Word. Give us light. Give us revelation. Give us understanding, Father, so we can be doers of the Word, Father. Hallelujah. And be blessed by it. And, Father, I just ask you for unction tonight, Father. Hallelujah. I'm a co-laborer with you. Father, I can really not do this without you. And so I lean on your Holy Ghost tonight to, to give me utterance, to speak the Word clearly and accurately as I should. And I know, Father, that as I do, the Word will produce. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to just kind of go through some of the basics of faith. You know, we, we talk a lot about faith, you know, at this church, and there's a reason for that, because we're supposed to live by faith. 
You know, Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says that the just shall live by faith. And so if you're going to live by it, you need to know a little bit about how that works. And uh, it's, it's in Habakkuk 2.4 and in Galatians 3, it says pretty much the same thing. And in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says that for we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise the Lord. And the Word of God says that when Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for faith. Amen. You know, so is he going to find some? Yep. He's going to find some in my house. He's going to find some in your house, right? He's looking for faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, set that, that, says that, that it takes faith to please God. It's impossible to please him without it. So we need to know some things about how faith works. Hallelujah. And actually, everything that you have accessed this far from what Jesus has done is by faith. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2 says that, therefore, having been justified by faith, hallelujah, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So if it wasn't for faith, you would have never found Jesus. You would have never accessed that grace that you know stand in as a son or a daughter of Almighty God. It's because of your faith or the faith that actually God gave to you. Hallelujah. We all have a measure of that faith. We got that. We got saved by that. And then we developed that measure of faith. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 2, I'm just, gonna, I'm just rehearsing here. If you want me to go slower, go back a couple of weeks on YouTube and I'll go slower. Hallelujah. Well, we have some stuff we need to cover, praise the Lord, and that's the good thing about having stuff online is that you can hear it again. You know, and I actually, I actually, I think I told you last time, I said, I don't even want you to take notes. I want you to get it. You know, the spirit of faith is a lot of times more, you know, it's caught. It's, 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 it's something that you catch when you're in a service, and if you're too, too busy writing notes, you might miss the next point. You know, something's like since we have this, this great opportunity to go back and listen to things, then, you know, you can go to YouTube and you can pause it. You can take your note. Then you can start it again, and then you can pause it. So, see my point? Praise the Lord. I can go fast. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 shows you, you know, how this works. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, by grace you've been saved through faith. How did that happen? You heard the good news, right? That Jesus paid for your sins. You believe that he died for your sins, that he rose again from the grave. You confessed that with your mouth, and you were saved. Is that correct? Hallelujah. That's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so it's not just enough to believe in your heart. You actually have to open your mouth. Is that correct? Hallelujah. It says that, it says that with, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is the word soteria in the Greek, which means rescue, safety, deliverance, health, and salvation. So you, you access that through believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And you will see, actually this just shows you that confession is a vital part of your Christian walk. It's a vital part of faith. It's actually, it's actually the initial act of faith is to move your mouth. 
Hallelujah. You hear and you, and, you, and, you, and you get faith in your heart, but then you have to move your mouth. Hallelujah. And the thing is that if you don't have faith enough to move your mouth, you wouldn't get saved. Is that right? There's a lot of people that believe and they sit in the, well, they, they actually, well, what I can say is that the word is quickened to them. So they realize that Jesus is real and they still sit there. Because they're thinking about, well, you know, if I do that, I'm going to have to have to, you know, give up this, give up that. And I'm not not ready for that. And I'm sure not going to go in front of all these people. All these things can keep people from actually getting saved. You know, and so and so you believe in your heart. That's that's the first thing you 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 get that from God. He reveals himself to you, you know, and and it'll work the same way in all other areas of faith. He'll reveal something to you and then it's going to be up to you. To act on that, what he shows you. And the first initial act is going to be you move your mouth. Hallelujah. And your, your voice, and this is, actually, I'm going to read this. Did you know that if someone came forward to receive Jesus and confessed him as Lord and Savior, it never happened that somebody else randomly got saved in the audience? Right? <laughs> Just like, why are you saying that? Well, it's because your voice is your address in the spirit. God knows that when you confess, when you speak the word, he knows where that, where, where that, where that grace is going to go. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak. Even the devil don't care what you believe if you keep your mouth shut. A lot of times, you know, we can lose by default by not saying anything about it. You know, that your, your authority as a believer, you know, is it's, it's released through your mouth. You know, you have to stand up to the devil. You have to say enough is enough. No, no, no. You can't come to my house. No, the blood of Jesus has redeemed me. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is all around the, my property to keep me safe from all harm. You cannot come here. You cannot bring sickness, you cannot bring disease, you cannot bring discouragements, you cannot bring confusion. None of that can you bring because I say no. But if you just, you're quiet about it, you don't say anything, and you just succumb to, you know, whatever sickness comes into your house, it's like, well, I'm just going to have to ride out this storm. Well, <laughs> you might have to ride out the storm. You know, you can stand up and you can say no, uh-uh. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you very much. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. By straps we were healed. Praise the Lord. So your mouth, we need to move our mouth. We need to say what the word says. We need to actually, if we, if we get a revelation, and this is what I'm going to get to. I'm kind of just running through here, maybe a little bit too fast. But when you get a revelation from heaven, you need to grab a hold of that. And you'd need to start to speak that with your mouth. And I'm going to start Mark chapter 5. It's a very familiar uh, portion of scripture here about the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, I'm going to read it, Mark 5 and verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to lose blood. You know, she was most definitely weak. You know, if you lose blood, even if your iron is low, you're weak. If you've been bleeding for 12 years, you're weak. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So we know, you know, that her action of faith to, to reach out and touch his garment, you know, when she touched his garment, power went out of him and she was healed, right? But before she got there, in verse 28, it says, for she said, that word is the word lego in the Greek, and it, it means a systematic set discourse. She wasn't just saying that once. She continually said, if I can just get there, if I can just get there and touch his clothes, if I can touch his clothes, I will be made whole. If I can just get there, I will be made whole. 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 You know, a lot of people have been healed in healing lines because they have grabbed a hold of this. She said, if I can just get hands laid on me by the man or woman of God, I will be made whole. And they release their faith that way, and they receive their healing. Hallelujah. You know, E.W. Kenyon said, confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said, you know, a man, will, will, he, he, he will never rise above the level of his confession, what he says. Because the thing is that God will never, never push anything on you. Did you know that? He will never go against what you say about something. And the thing is, many people have actually shortcut themselves from their healing because they're in faith at one point, And then they walk away and they say something completely opposite of what they said the Lord was going to do. You know, they say, yes, I'm, 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 I'm going to believe my healing. I just prayed for a guy actually down at Ramah. And, and he, had, he, had, he was legally blind, and we just kind of got talking. And, and I just like, I don't really like anybody to walk out of my side if I know something's wrong and we can pray, <laughs> you know. And so I prayed for him, and, and he said, yes, you know, I received my healing. And, and I told him, you know, from now on, you know, confess that when hands were laid on me, I received. You know, and you continually say that, confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. And you don't change your confession. You hold on to your confession, and that confession will be made unto salvation. Hallelujah. The next night, I saw him in a healing line again. And so there, there's some shortcut somewhere. You know, it's, 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 it's good, I think, to just, you know, get light hands on it because there's a flow of anointing, right? But, I mean, it's like if you just go from healing line to healing line and you never get a hold of, of how you see yourself and how you see, you know, you need to hook up with the word at some point, you know, and then not go away from that, not let go of it. Hallelujah. Because, you know, you can be like my grandmother. She would go on every healing line. I mean, I'm surprised she had any hair left on her head. You know, because she would go to every healing line. She will even get healed. And then, you know, a little bit down the road, you know, she started feeling some symptoms again. I guess I have to go back in the healing line. Her faith was to get something in a healing line. And if I feel something, well, I guess it's on me again, and so I have to go again. Well, you can do that a whole lifetime, you know. And the anointing, yes, the anointing will set you free for a while, but you have to get to a point, that's what I'm going to get to further down here, where you're able to keep it, hallelujah, and walk in freedom, praise the Lord, because that's what was Jesus paid for, hallelujah, for you to walk in divine health, to walk, hallelujah, with him in light, in understanding, in victory every day of your life.
Praise the Lord. You know, Mark eleven twenty three. you know, 22, 23, and 24 talks about faith. And, you know, we've known Brother Hagin. We've read after him. And, and the Lord was actually using, you know, the woman with issue of blood and, and, you know, to help him to get to the point where he could receive his healing. He said that, you know, because a lot of people would tell him that healing was done away with. You know, and then sometimes maybe God heals and sometimes he don't. Well, so nothing to latch his faith onto, you know. And so the Lord just, just spoke up on the inside of him as he, he, he read the word and he'll do the same for you. As you read the word, he'll, he'll, he'll bring something out to you. And that's the word you need to hold on to. Hallelujah. And he said, if her faith made her whole, your faith will make you whole. Hallelujah. So he kept reading. He got to Mark chapter 11. You know, Mark chapter 11 comes after Mark chapter 5. Did you know that? Pretty funny right there. Anyhow, and he said, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That first say is epo in the Greek and it's a command of faith. The second say is the word lego and it's a systematic set Discourse, what you continually say is what you're going to have. Because we've all been there. We spoke to a situation and it didn't move immediately. Have you ever been there? I've been there, you know. But Jesus gives us a, he gives us a clue here. He says, you know, since we don't know, we don't speak Greek, we kind of have to go into and see what he actually said. And he says, if you continue to say, if you don't change your confession, he says, your mountain will be moved. Your mountain will be moved. Your mountain will be moved. Hallelujah. It might look big, but it will move if you will not change what you say about the situation. Hallelujah. And he said, you know, the Lord appeared to Brother Hagin at least eight times that we know about that he wrote in his book, I Believe in Visions. And in one of them, he said that, he said, did you notice, he says in Mark chapter eleven twenty three. he says, did you, did, you, did you see that I said say three times and believe only one time? And he said, he said, I never saw that. I said, I read through the New Testament 150 times and I never saw that. And he said, well, there's a lot in there you don't know. And so he also said, he, sa- he told him, he said, you will have to teach three times as much from the speaking part as you do the believing part. So the speaking part must be important. What you say must be important. And we know from, from Proverbs chapter 18, it says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we need to get a hold of those things because it is so important. When you read through the scriptures, you see it again and again, the importance of what you say. Let the redeemed of the Lord, for instance, say so. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. You don't necessarily say what you feel. You don't necessarily say what your situation looks like. No, no. You change your situation by speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. And so, of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but minister through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So we hear it not just one time, right? We might have to hear it again. And this reason for this, this quick repetition here is that we need to keep these things in the forefront of our minds. Because you know what, what can happen if not? You look at the news. And you look at what's happening. I, I had to stop myself here this week because I've been looking at what's happening over in Europe. You know, it's close to where I grew up. And, and it's, it's very interesting to me to see, you know, how this thing escalates and, and, and how wild it is. You know, it's like end time proportions. And so if I'm not careful, I'll be looking at that. I'll be looking at that. I'll be looking at that. You know, instead of looking at, at the word of God and looking at, okay, what am I supposed to do here? I'm not supposed to, to, to live my life just looking at the news. 
just looking at the news will not make me fulfill the plan of God for my life. Hallelujah. I have to spend some time with the Lord. <laughs> if you're not happy with what you have in life, check up on what you are saying. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said that. Now, let's go into some new material. Hallelujah. I'm going to slow down a little bit. At 7.32, I'm doing very well in case you're wondering. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to take a drink of water, and we're going to kind of slow down just a little bit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, it talks really about, starts talking about, you know, what the fivefold ministry gifts are supposed to do. Hallelujah. Verse 11 starts, he says, He himself, talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together, but every part supplies according to the effective work in which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So then Paul says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So we should be separate. We should be different than them, right? In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance, ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Did you know that that can be the case for a believer as well? You can be pretty blind as far as the things of God. And then verse 23, let's jump there. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind or in the way that you think. Hallelujah. And that you put on the new man. Hallelujah. We need to put on the new man. Did you know that? It's not, not automatic. I don't know if you've known that or not. It's not automatic to, to, to put on the new man, to walk in love, for instance. Have you noticed that's not automatic? <laughs> to walk in divine health that is also part of walking in a new man it's not automatic so how do we put on the new man the answer to the trivia question is by faith why do we speak so much about faith well we access this grace in which we stand by faith hallelujah everything that grace has provided has to be accessed or appropriated by faith now I'm going to share some things. I want you to pay attention because this will really, really help you in your walk with the Lord. Romans 10, 17. We know this scripture up and down and sideways, but I'm going to read it again. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you know that the Greek says by the word of God there, the word word there is the word rhema? It is the spoken word of God. It's something that God speaks to you. Something that he quickens either when you're listening to a preacher preach under the anointing or you sit at the house and you read your Bible and something pops up at you. That's a rhema. That is something that the Holy Ghost is trying to talk to you about. 
And then it's going to be up to you if you grab a hold of that or not. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith, you know, you can sit in a, in, a, in a service and you can hear the logos, the word of God. But unless it's a rhema that you take hold of, it's not going to produce any faith in you. You know, there's people that can sit in the same service. Somebody gets something and it changes their life. Another person can sit down the row, hear the same word, and it does absolutely nothing for them. Right? <laughs> Faith comes by a rhema from God, a spoken word, something that God quickens to you. Hallelujah. And that's what you have to really take ownership of. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 13 talks, you know, this is, the, this is the, the hall of faith, so to speak. You know, it talks about all these people that did things by faith. In verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So when God quickens something to you, you know, it's so easy to just keep moving. When he quickens something to you, when he tries to lead you in the path that you were supposed to go, when he tries to elevate your life, he will do that through his word. You know, the whole word of God will teach you about God. It will teach you how he thinks, how he functions. But then there's going to be these words or sentences or a truth that just stands out to you. It's always for a reason. God, always, God is always trying to bring you up and forward. He's always trying to bring you into a place where you enjoy life more tomorrow than what you do today. Hallelujah. And for you to fulfill what he has called you to do, your purpose in life, you're going to have to grab a hold of those. And not let them go. Take ownership of them and start to confess out of your mouth what God just spoke to you about. And that right there, I could just go home and you would have enough to chew on. It'll change your life. It'll absolutely change your life. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it talks about Sarah. You know, at times, you know, we talk about Abraham, he was the father of faith, but Sarah had a pretty big part in what was happening as well, right? And so by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. You know, Sarah's first response, you remember what that was? She laughed because she thought it was impossible. How can a woman have pleasure when she is old? And you know, and my master is old also. She's like, she knows, well, he quit working a long time ago. This is not going to happen. But she didn't look. At one point, her eyes had to get away from herself and onto the God who promised. Because what, what, what fueled her faith was the God who promised. She got a promise from heaven that she eventually got a hold of. And it changed the way she saw herself, and God was able to strengthen her. She received strength 
to conceive by faith. She's in the hall of faith. She's received strength to conceive by faith. Hallelujah. So at one point, she even had to have embraced what God said and confessed with her mouth, Hallelujah, I'm a queen. I am the mother, hallelujah, of a multitude. Praise the Lord. You know, the thing is, for you to have faith about something, you have to really see, see it on the inside of you or see yourself that way. You know, you need to, you know, working at, at healing school down at Rama. you know, a lot of times, you know, you see people, they, 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 they don't see themselves as, as the healed of the Lord. They see themselves as sick. And the thing is that you have to change the way you see yourself, and it might be a process by the Word of God for you to actually get to a place that you see yourself as healed. And that's when the power will hit you. Hallelujah. When you see yourself as healed. You know, that's why, you know, a lot of times when people, for instance, in, in a meeting, you know, where, where, where the power of God is in manifestation, you can receive a healing. You can receive a lot of things from God. You can receive instruction. Then you get out of that corporate setting of faith. And then Monday morning comes, and then a symptom starts to jump up where you just received your healing. It's like, well, I guess maybe I didn't really receive my healing anyhow. And so, wow, I, thought, I really thought I received my healing. You know, I really thought that, you know, something happened that day. And if you're not careful, you'll get back to, because the reason why it's easy for the devil to, to trick people is because they don't really see themselves as healed. They went to a meeting, and they got healed. Instead of like what Brother Hagin would do, he, he would teach people for several weeks before, you know, he would lay hands on people until the second week. Why is that? He was teaching them about healing, and actually he saw more people being able to walk, you know, continue to walk healed, than many of the other anointed preachers, you know, many evangelists, you know, where people would get healed and they would lose their healing. It's because they didn't really see themselves on the inside as healed. It's the same thing. People hear the word on prosperity. You put to have a a poverty mentality. They see themselves as poor. They come from a a poor family. Maybe it's going to take some time for you to actually see yourselves as blessed. That's where you have to grab a hole. You know, you can sit in a, in, in, in a meeting and you hear the word that God wants to bless you. You hear the word God wants the best for you. And you see that, you know, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Hallelujah. The blessing. He's commanded the blessing upon me in my house. And you get excited about it. And you realize that this is the word of God. This is what it says. You walk out the door. And you don't look at that scripture again, that whatever jumped out to you, whatever was quickened to you, if you don't uh, water that word, if you don't, if you don't apply that, that word to the canvas of your heart, you will never see yourself as blessed. And you will never be able to attain to what God wants for you unless you take a hold, hallelujah, of the promise. You need to take hold of it because the thing is we hear a lot of good word, but we don't take ownership of it and we don't take it to the house. Hallelujah. And then we wonder why it doesn't work for us. Well, we have to change the way we see ourselves. You have to see yourself victorious, not defeated. You have to see yourself with more than enough, not lacking. You have to see yourself strong and not weak. Hallelujah. And the Word of God will help you do that. But you have to take a hold of that rhema that was quickened to you. Hallelujah. And run with it.
And it's so important what you say about it. You know, you can school yourself into faith with your own words. <laughs> because, that, that, because the thing is, when you heard that quickened word, faith came. It was real faith. Faith came, but you have to, you have to grab a hold of that. And you have to, like, like Brother Hagin said, you have to keep the switch of faith turned on. You know, how do you do that? Well, you, you take whatever you saw and you start meditating on it. And you start to speak it out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. By the stripes of Jesus, I was here. Like if you just went back, if you were here on Sunday and you heard pastor was talking about, you know, how healing is part of our redemption. It's part of what Jesus did. Hallelujah. When he took care of your sins, he took care of your sickness and disease in the same, same deal. It's a package deal. You're talking about, you know, the, the, the paralytic man in Luke chapter 5, you know. And, and it's interesting. You know, you will only be able to access what you know something about. Let's go there just, just real quick, and then we'll go back to my notes here, because I knew there was a reason why for this. You know, faith is, it, it takes a little bit of time to, to get yourself switched around from how people normally, normally walk and function unto, to, to how you're supposed to walk as a child of God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the power of the Lord was present to heal each and every one that had any infirmity, right? The power of God was present. Luke said so. Hallelujah. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, man, your sins are forgiven you. So let me, let me stop right here. Was that enough for him to stand up and walk out? Well, in theory, it was enough if he understood what that meant. Because when the sin problem is taken care of, then also the, the healing problem is taken care of. But he was just laying there. The power was present to heal him. But now what was missing is his action. Because he didn't know. He didn't know that it was a package deal. But Jesus, when Jesus said that you may know that I have power to, to forgive sins, he says, take up your bed and walk. And at this moment, the, Lord, the man just like, I'm just going to get up. He, 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 he took the command of faith. He acted on it. And he was healed. And a lot of times, you know, faith is the same way for, for us that we, we, we kind of, we, we know a little bit, and then we, we hear a little bit, but then we don't take it to the house. Hallelujah. So we can understand, and we can see, and we can walk in what God has provided for us. Hallelujah. When God has given you a word, hallelujah, well, let me go to Abraham and Sarah. Let me just kind of wrap it up with them. In Genesis Chapter 13, hallelujah. And this is talking about you speaking the word, and it is talking about, well, I'm talking about you speaking the word. I'm talking about you changing the way that you see yourself, right? And so in Genesis 13, verse 14, it says, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, 
So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. You know, this is the father of faith. God told him, see. He says, what you see, I give you. And that principle is the same for every believer. What you are able to see on the inside regarding your life is what God is going to be able to give to you. Without you seeing it on the inside, God's not going to be able to give it to you because you're really not in faith until you see it. You can see it briefly in a meeting where the Holy Ghost is present. Because you're like, oh, I see that. You can even receive a healing that way. But it's going to take a while for you to change completely the way that you see yourself in your heart. Hallelujah. Your vision will become your boundary line for what God can do for you. What you can see Him do for you, what you can see as far as, you know, your vision, that's where you're you're going to end up stopping. And that's why God gave us His Holy Spirit to help you. To see beyond what you see with your eyes. Because a lot of times, you know, we can look at, you know, you can look at your marriage, you can look at some sickness or whatever, you can say, well, this can never be any better. Well, as long as you see it that way, God is limited to what he can do. By what you see in your heart and by what you speak with your mouth. And so we talked about the speaking of your mouth. You really have to just get that in check first. And then you start to speak what you want to see. And then the Holy Spirit will take hold with that, and he will help you to see what you're speaking. Hallelujah. Because if you speak according to the word of God, then he will take hold of that, and he will reveal truth to you. We need the Holy Spirit so badly. Hallelujah. Because we're so limited by what we see. We're so limited, and and, and, and God cannot do beyond what you can see. Hallelujah. But the Holy Ghost can help you. Hallelujah. He can help you to get past that. Just look at, for instance, Sarah, or Sarai as she was named. You know, God changed uh, the name of both of them, didn't he? He changed Sarah's name to Sarah and Abram's name to Abraham. Well, you know, Sarai's name was changed to Sarah, and I was thinking, well, you know, that really, uh, that doesn't, that's not like Abraham's, you know, it's like, you know, he was called, the, you know, the father of a multitude. No, hers was just like, it's, her name means a female noble or a queen. And I don't know, we don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how, how Sarah was seeing herself, but God had to change the way she saw herself. Maybe she just saw herself as, as somebody who's, I'm just following Abraham and I'm, I'm not much, you know, I call, you know, we saw that she called him Lord, you know. Maybe she didn't have a very good self-esteem. You know, God had to change her self-image for him to be able to bring to pass what he was going to do through her and Abraham. Maybe God has to change your self-image. Maybe God has to change how you see yourself. Maybe you don't see yourself as quite measuring up. Maybe you don't see yourself as what God tells you in his word, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are well able, hallelujah, to do what he's called you to do. Maybe you don't see yourself that way. Well, God changed her name, and he changed Abraham's name. So that every time... That, that Abraham would, would introduce himself. He says, well, I'm Abraham, the father of many nations. <laughs> and Sarah says, my name is Sarah. I'm a female noble. I'm a queen. 
And part of that, part of you saying that about yourself is, is, is going to help to change the way you see yourself. And that's the same for you as it was for them. You need to grab a hold of what the Word of God says about you. And you need to start to say that uh, uh, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your past says. You know, did you know that, that God used Rahab in, in the scarlet you know, line, in, in Jesus' bloodline? Did you know that? She was a harlot. Well, he can use, there's a lot of people, actually, when you look at, at Hebrews chapter 11, that should have been disqualified. If you look at the outside. But God likes to, to, to use the people that don't qualify in the flesh. Hallelujah. And he will get all the glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Now all things are of God. Hallelujah. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You, you, are, you, you have the bloodline of a champion. Praise the Lord. There is basically no limit to what you can do if you would just renew your mind. Hallelujah. And let God paint on the canvas of your heart the picture that is true about you. You know, God has used a lot of people that had nothing. That people would have looked at as a nobody. I was just reading after, you know, uh, Yonggi Cho. You know, he, you know, we know of him now. You know, he's passed on, be with the Lord. But, you know, he built a church and I think... This book I'm reading, he had 250,000 members. I think he kind of got up to about a million, didn't he? Something like ridiculous. Hundreds of thousands. And so anyhow, but he started with absolutely nothing. He was living in one room, and he had to believe God for an office chair and a desk and a bicycle. Because he was walking to preach the gospel. Well, if God can use somebody like that to build a, a, a church... That'll affect that many people, not just there, but all over the world. Well, he can use you. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you taking the, the, those, those things that the Holy Ghost give you and do something about that. The word that he quickens to you, the rhema that you receive, you need to take a hold of that. You need to embrace it. And you just need to confess what God just quickened to you about you through the word of God. It's quiet in here. It happens a lot when I preach. I don't know why. You know, we must remember that the birth of Isaac, the child of promise, was a miracle in the fact that two elderly people were able to conceive. God didn't just hand them a baby from the sky. They both participated in the fulfillment of God's promise. It's going to take your participation. Nothing is just going to rain out of the sky. No, no, you are going to have to grab a hold of what the Word of God says, and you're going to have to paint the canvas of your heart with that Word until you see yourself that way. It'll take you from laughing at the promise because it seems impossible to actually seeing yourself in a way that, you know what, this can happen. And if nothing else, it can happen because God said so. Hallelujah. 
And you can do just like Sarah. You can, you can lay hold of the faithfulness of God. You know, because a lot of times, you know, you know, standing in faith can be hard if you look at your own capability, so to speak. But if you look at him who promised, hallelujah, and his, his ableness, that's not even a good English word, I think. But he is able, hallelujah, to do exceedingly above anything that you could ask for or imagine. So when you see a promise, when you have something that pops out at you from the word of God, you need to just grab a hold of that and say, well, you know what? God said this to me. Hallelujah, and the same Holy Spirit that worked for these people will work for me. This is the same Bible that quickened them. I have the same spirit of faith in me that Paul had, that Peter had, that Abraham had, that Moses had. It's the same Holy Ghost. Did you know that? And we should expect the exact same results because it is the same Holy Ghost. The reason why we go over these things again and again, I think, is because we're getting to a, a, a place in time that, uh, well, I think it's always been that way, that we, we should walk in the fullness of what God has for us. But, you know, when you look at the world and you look at, at all the things that are going on, you know, we're going to have to do some things by faith. We're going to have to stand strong. We're going to have to know that we know, hallelujah, that God is on our side. That the blood of Jesus has been applied. You can see this just in this, 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 whatever, this virus thing that was going on, you know. Churches were closing all over the place. And, 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 and you know, we were a little bit hesitant because we didn't know what was going on. When we figured out what was going on, it's like, we're not closing our doors. You know, pastor's like, no way, Jose. It's not happening again. And so, but we're going to have to stand. And we're going to have to stand on what God has said. And you're going to have to be convinced completely convinced that what God has said he will perform in your life. You're going to have to be convinced of Psalm 91. You know, there's going to be plagues in the end times, not just one, many. There's going to be stuff that is going to come to your door, hallelujah, where you're going to have to stand. And so right now is the time to get these things down. So you can start to fill your heart with, with the word of God so that you see yourself correctly, so that you see yourself as one that can access, hallelujah, the presence of God at any time and actually get answers. Actually get answers. Because the word of God says that you are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Well, if you're that close, you should hear something. Right? It shouldn't be hard for you to hear his voice. And the thing is, you access all this stuff by faith, and faith comes by you seeing yourself that way. That way you will access that grace, and you will just like, okay, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, I ask you for wisdom right now, because this and this and this is going on. Father, I just ask you for the solution, because you always see ahead and make, make provision for me. Hallelujah. So I lay hold of that right now. I thank you, Father, for leading and guiding me. And then you just walk in peace. Where peace is, you follow peace. And you follow peace. And you're going to have to take some steps. Hallelujah. And then God will show himself mighty on your behalf. Hallelujah. But if, if, you're, if you're not convinced, you're not going to act in faith. You're going to cower. I don't care what you say right now. When the pressure is on, you're going to cower. The thing is, the ones that, that God is able to protect now, say, over in the Ukraine and stuff, is people that have actually learned what God says about protecting them. Because you can, you know, you can be in perfect peace in the storm because you know that God has promised you that he will protect you. And then just follow his leading and he will be able to keep you. 
we might look at this, well, that's far away. Yeah, it is. But things change really fast. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that God is going to keep me. Hallelujah. I do not know how all of this is going to work out, but I do know that God is going to keep me, and I'm going to fulfill my course, and you are too. We're going to do everything that God has called us to do in grand style. And then we're going to do a victory lap just because we want to. I don't care what C or Putin or anybody else says. We're going to do, or, yeah, I'm not going to mention any more names. But anyhow, <laughs> we're not limited. Hallelujah, but who's in power and who's not? Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. So you get something out of this tonight? Praise the Lord. Father, we love you so much. And we thank you, Father, for your word. Your word, Father, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Glory be to your name. I thank you, Father, as the word has gone forth tonight. I thank you that it always does what it is supposed to do. It gives light. It gives understanding. It divides between spirit and soul and joint and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Glory be to your name. Father, for light going forth. Thank you for great grace, Father, on each and every one, Father, that has been here tonight and are watching online, Father, to walk, Father, in the truth that they've heard, Father, to apply these principles in their life. I thank you, Father, hallelujah, that the light stays turned on, Father, as they go home. Hallelujah. And they revisit, Father, the things that you have talked to them about in the past. Hallelujah. Because you've spoken to many of us. That rhema, that word, Father, that seemed maybe far-fetched. That word that uh, we might have let slip. Because we've looked at this or that or a circumstance or whatnot, Father. Hallelujah. But I thank you for your great grace, Father. I ask that you will bring it up again. Bring it up again, Father God. Hallelujah. Deal with us, Father, according to your great mercy. Bring that word up again, hallelujah, so we can grab a hold of it, Father, and this time run with it. This time, Father, take ownership of it like the, the, <clears throat> the ones in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11. We embrace that word, Father, hallelujah, and confess, hallelujah, what you want us to do, Father, the plan and the purpose that you have for us, hallelujah, whatever that might be. I thank you, Father, for being so good to us. Hallelujah, for being faithful to your word always. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's be quiet for just a little bit here. Look to the Lord. Pray of the tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're so good to us, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this year. I know you want to do great things for us this year, Father God. You want to do more than you ever have. 
you want to pour out of your goodness and of your blessing upon your people. You want to grant us greater light and understanding than ever before because we have a job to do together. To reach the lost and to bring the knowledge, hallelujah, of what Jesus has done for us, hallelujah, to a greater audience, Father, reach to be further, further than ever before. Help us, Father, hallelujah, to see and hook up with you, hallelujah, to hook up with you, Father, and, and really walk with you, hallelujah, hand in hand, hallelujah. Visions, Father, that have grown dim, I ask, Father, that you will blow new light, new, oh, new wind in their sails, Father, hallelujah. People that might have given up, Father, that you will just bring wind, hallelujah, where there has been a law, where there has been no wind, that you bring the wind of your spirit, hallelujah, and bring new life, Father, hallelujah, to the vision. Bring new life, Father, to the call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. By your spirit, Father, quicken them, I ask, in Jesus' name. Stir up, Father, that which you put in them. Hallelujah. Stir up that fire, Father. Hallelujah. That once burned so bright, Father, stir it up again. Help them, Father. Hallelujah. To grab a hold of, of the vision once again, Father, and run with it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to your name. Father, your gifts and your callings are without repentance. Father, what you started, you will finish. Hallelujah. If we'll let you. Ooh, and we purpose, Father. Hallelujah. To listen to your spirit. To put into practice, Father, everything that you show us. That you show us, Father. And walk in the light of your word, Father. Access, Father, greater and greater grace. Walk from faith to faith, from glory to glory, Father, until we see you again, Lord Jesus. Face to face, hallelujah. Face to face, glory be to your name. Oh yeah, it might, I don't know how long, it might be long, but hallelujah. <laughs> glory. Glory, hallelujah. But we want to see your glory manifest in this realm. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We want to see your goodness manifest in this realm to many, many more people. Hallelujah. And Father, I call in people from the north and the south and the east and the west, Father, to fill this auditorium in the name of Jesus. To fill this place, Father. Hallelujah. To the brim. Glory be to your name. Because there's a great work, Father, that we will do. Hallelujah. We'll walk in the power of your spirit, in the light of your word. Hallelujah. And we will, Father, accomplish everything you've called us to do in grand style. Hallelujah. And great glory, Father, be to your name. Great glory go forth from this place to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May Jesus be glorified and lifted up. Hallelujah. And may the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord Hallelujah. Go out from this place like a lighthouse. Go out from this place, hallelujah, in every direction. And draw in those that don't know Jesus. Draw in those that are hurting and sick and afflicted, hallelujah, so they will be set free. Glory be to your name. Oh, yes, Father. Oh, yes, it is very possible. And we will do it.
because you equip those that you call. Hallelujah. Over and above anything we could have asked for or imagined because that's how you do things. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. And to you be all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Might as well get your words out there, right? Hallelujah. We have what we say. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to take up our, our offering. Praise the Lord.